Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Rude Box by Robbie Williams. Uh, and can you believe a year in, this is the first time we've been talking about Robbie? Yeah, I know, and what's even more shocking than that, perhaps, is that we've gone with this album first. And I think it's because... I think we both really like this album, and maybe you couldn't say the same for a lot of what came before this. Um, I think, yeah, out of the two of us, I would probably say I enjoyed, I was a, a bigger Robbie fan maybe back in the day, and still am, I think is a uh, one of our greatest uh, artists, entertainers, but there is something about this album, and don't get me wrong, it's not perfect, and we'll go into much more detail later, I'm sure, but I think it's a fantastic, very interesting, very eclectic uh, album. And I like the fact he didn't play it safe. It's very experimental. But we'll get we'll get on to all of that anyway. Yes. But if we go back, way back, it was a long time ago when we talked about Take That. And obviously that was more about them as a group. Yes. Rather than about their uh, individual alleged solo careers. Oh, so who... In fact, yeah, let's talk their solo careers for a second. So obviously Robbie's is undoubtedly uh, the best. I mean, Gary probably comes second, doesn't he? But he wasn't... Uh, as fruitful as it would have liked back in the 90s, was it? No, and Marco in uh, in third place with Howard and Jason uh, not finishing. No. Um, and that's fine, they had their own things to do. Well, uh, Howard, actually, I, I think I saw in that Take That documentary when they got back together, he did record an album that never saw the light of day and hasn't since. Ooh, maybe one day it'll uh, appear somewhere online or mm. something. It'd be interesting to hear that'd that. That'd be lovely. Sometimes we say things on here, recording, you know, a little bit in advance, and they happen, so that might have happened already. For the, uh, I guess for the all-important Christmas market, since we're now in the run-up, it used to be, um, and forgive us, listeners, if we're repeating ourselves from a year ago, but this was always the period of time, October, November, when the big releases would happen, the big albums would come out. Yes. But nothing yet this year. Nothing yet, no. Still time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty to come. Uh, it's a shame the Pet Shop Boys couldn't push their album into or, into the back end of 99. Pull it. 99? 99. <laughs> 19. <laughs> Robert Peter Williams, born in February 1974. Singer-songwriter, found fame as a member of Take That. Uh, he was part of the group from 89 to 95, but has had much bigger success as a solo entity. He's had... 11 studio albums, seven number one singles. Uh, he's straddled many different genres. Uh, he's had many different collaborations, covers, uh, and he's had his finger in other things as well, like something that's very close to your heart, Dan, The X Factor. Yes, of course, yeah. Just one series last year uh, with his wife. Uh, yeah, question for you. Obviously his wife, mm. the beautiful... Ada. Um, and they've been married for uh, 13, 12, 13 years now, I think. I honestly have no idea. They've been married for nearly 13 years. Good for them. Yeah, and, but, what is, who is she? Where did she come from? You sound like Nikki Graham out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not being rude, I just want to know, because I, I think she was on The X Factor, and she surprised a lot of people that she was on The X Factor. Well, yeah, I mean, I think she is no- known now for for being Robbie's wife, for being Mrs. Williams, uh, but she was an actress, so she was on, um, what's that really famous American soap? 
uh, Days of Our Lives. Oh, yes. I think she was on things like that. So I don't think she was sort of uh, A-list, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying that. But yes, she was an actress, and obviously she lived out in L.A., um, which is where she's from, uh, where she lived. And, uh, yeah, so they must have met at one of the pubs and clubs in L.A. and uh, Exclusive clubs. The rest is history. Yes. So I think Robbie's had a very long musical career. This won't be the last Robbie Williams album we do. Certainly not. And even as not a huge Robbie Williams fan, I can confidently say that. So long as this thing continues to go on. I mean, it might have already stopped. Some people have said it's run its course. Yeah, that's you mainly. <laughs> bit, getting a bit much for you, isn't it, every week? But I don't get away, don't get away with it that easily. No, no. I'm under contract. <laughs> so we're here today to talk about Rude Box, which was Robbie's seventh album and was released on the 23rd of October 2006. And Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the 22nd of October today. It is, so tomorrow, as, as pure luck and chance would have it, it is So the... nothing, no planning involved? Oh no, never is. <laughs> um, it's the 13th anniversary of its release, uh, so it's a teenager tomorrow. And th- this is the thing with this album, is it came at a very strange time in Robbie's career, um, previously, of course, his first four studio albums were written and produced with Guy Chambers, who Robbie once uh, said, Guy Chambers is as much Robbie Williams as I am. Uh, then they split, and I think not very happily. And for Robbie's next album, Intensive Care, he worked with Stephen Tintin Duffy, whose name's probably going to pop up later. And then a year later, he released this album, Rude Box, um, with just a whole... I mean, there were so many different... Uh, fingers and Robbie's rude box uh, on this album. It really was um, a, a melting pot. Should we get stuck in? Yes, let's. Side one, track one. Uh, it's the title track from the album, and it's track one. It's rude. Box. I got one designer that's the bomb until you drop. Rude box. To the rude box. Because you're so nasty. Rude box. Shake your rude box. Why are you so nasty? So that was Rude Box there, and Dan, you were shaking your Rude Box so hard, a load of loose change just fallen out across the floor. Oh, sorry about that. Well, you were shaking yours so hard, you knocked my glass off the table. <laughs> but what a fun song. Uh, and what a departure. Yeah. He's really... I haven't said this for a few weeks, so I can say it today. Okay, let's have a drum roll. Setting his stall out for what is, for him, quite an experimental album. Yes, definitely. And what did you think when you first heard this song? When I first heard this song, I... First of all, I didn't think I was playing the right song. Okay. I didn't think I'd started to play a Robbie Williams song. I had to check. Yep. Uh, and when I was listening to it again earlier on the week, it had been so long since I listened to it, I had to do the same thing. Um, and But then at the same time, I really respected the fact that he was in a really different place for this album. Yeah. And you know what? There are more writers on for this song than there were members of Take That. Oh, But not as many members as there were of Sugar Babes. In total over the years. Mm. Although the Sugar Babes have now reclaimed the name Sugar Babes, haven't yes. they? Yes. This, I remember hearing this song, I do remember 
really enjoying this song the first time I heard it. I think I just, I like Robbie Williams as an artist and I was very willing to kind of follow him, whether he was doing his swing thing or whether he was doing the Rocky thing. Um, so I, th I thought this was great. And I saw him as part of the tour for the album that came before, the Intensive Care album. Um, but the, obviously the tour came after the album and by the point, by the time I'd seen him in, I think it was Leeds, was it called Round A Park or something like that? This single had come out. So he performed this right at the end, I'm sure. I think it was the first part of the encore. Um, and you could just tell in the audience there was a feeling of sort of uncertainty. That would be the wet knicker brigade. <laughs> You've been told about using that phrase before, haven't you? Now, the, I've got an interesting pop fact for you, Dan. So the producer producers of this uh, track were our soul mechanic uh, who were probably a bit before your time but in the early 90s they were a dance band called candy flip who famously had a cover of the beatles hit strawberry fields forever and maybe we could just hear a little bit of that now let me take you Yeah, so now they've gone on um, to produce um, a number of songs for Robbie Williams. Oh, good for them. Of course, we have to talk about the lyrics. Um, do you have a favourite lyric from this song? Because it is probably his most tongue-in-cheek, his most sort of referencing. Um, is, is there a line that stands out to you? No, but just by you asking me that question means there is something you want to mention. From the lyrics. Oh, well, just that, that I mean, it, it's all over the place, isn't it? In a, in, a, in a wonderful way, of course. But the I like the line about TK Maxx costs less, Jackson looks a mess. Um, I, th I assume he means Michael. And the song is stuffed full of pop culture references. Yeah, you've got Adidas, Jorex, The Matrix, uh, and the Special Olympics, which is not, we don't really call it that, do we? We call it the Paralympics. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But obviously 2006, that was, can you believe, 13 years ago now. Mm. And oh, this is what I loved when I was uh, doing my research and homework for the episode. The other songs in the charts are in the top 10 as this song was released. Uh, Nelly Furtado and Timberland's Promiscuous. Justin, as previously featured on the podcast. Absolutely. Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. Uh, not yet featured on the podcast. And Scissor Sisters, I Don't Feel Like Dancing. Oh, that hilarious episode uh, that we did with uh, Robert Gershenson from Torn Stubbs. So, should we move on? No, just a, one more <laughs> thing to mention. <laughs> so, Getting ahead of myself. This got to number four in the charts. So it was, a, it was a hit for Robbie, probably not as high as he's used to. No. But considering it was a real change of style, still a big hit for him. Yeah. So now can I go to track two? Oh, go on then. So, track two. We've got a lot to get through today. That's my line. Oh, well. But it's true. We need to get stuck in. Oh, there we go again. <laughs> it's Viva Life on Mars.
from Mars there. So this was another track uh, produced by Soul Mechanic and co-written by uh, Spencer and Andrews, who were the two guys from Soul Mechanic, formerly Candy Flip. Just want to get that out there they, straight off. How much are they paying you? Uh, not enough. No, no one is. In fact, as uh, while we were listening to that song, I did look into it because you did say they worked with Robbie afterwards. Um, and I did see that they did a lot of his next album, Reality Killed the Video Star, which is a, a good a good Robbie album. Um, and that turns 10 in a few weeks. Probably we should have done that one. Uh, a, little bit, a little bit country, that one. A bit country. Ran me a little bit of Beck's kind of loser. Mm. Uh, also, sorry to bring them up again, but Duran Duran's cover of Public Enemy's 911 is a joke because it's the kind of the, the merging of rap and that country twang. Also, uh, Viva Life on Mars. What's your favourite song with the word Viva in? Viva Forever. Oh, of course. Yeah, what's yours? Uh, mine is Viva the Radio by Lolly. Oh, isn't it? Viva La Radio. Yeah. Viva, Viva, Viva La Radio. Uh, but I do like, I like the fact that he's gone from Rude Box, very electronic uh, rap, to this, which is just kind of showing listeners that it's not all going to be about the, the synths and the beats. It is going to be a bit more of his usual tongue-in-cheek, guitar-driven style. Shtick. Shtick. Stick it to me. Track three? Uh, yes, so track three now, and this is, uh, this is wonderful. This is Love Light. Kids on a job, you love light, did it again. Kids on a job, you love light, did it again. Kids on a job, you love light, did it again. Kids on a job, you love light. Did it again That was Love Light, second single from the album, and I have to say I love that song. That is quite possibly my favourite or certainly a top three song from the album. Can I just say mm-hmm. that uh, Love Lights are available from Anne Summers this Christmas. <laughs> is that what they are? I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that what we're singing about? I just uh, thought no, it was... no, no, no. But I've always thought it sounds like a, a... Uh, yeah. vibe on. Yes, yes, yes. So this song, interestingly, was this was a cover. This one, originally by written by Lewis Taylor, uh, and released in two thousand three by him. And this was produced by Mark Ronson. And this was before Version was released, which was his big kind of. Uh, jump up to where he is today isn't it he had released here comes the fuzz um i don't know if i'm doing the accent on purpose now or if that is actually let's know that's your actual accent accent? okay yeah i don't have that accent but well you do so yeah produced by Morrison, and you can definitely hear that later on as the song really ramps up the brass comes in the sort of almost um there's almost gospel uh hint of the to the backing vocals that come later on i just love this song it's got such a great atmosphere What's your thoughts, Will? Uh, it's one of my favourites on the album. Oh. And I know we've missed the print run for our Christmas book this year, but for the 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 one we're gonna the book we're gonna re-release next year mm-hmm. with basically a, a, a smidgen of extra content. I've got a. Uh, and how are you spelling that? Uh, it's a kind of V F R D. Yeah, yeah, that's that works. Uh, that runs through it as a kind of baseline, which is really nice, but. 
it's a quality production, and Mark Ronson's responsible, so no wonder. Uh, it's got to number eight in the singles chart. Again, quite low for Robbie. And I feel like, if I'm being completely honest, I think this charted quite low because Rude Box did have a bit of a... There's there a lot of negativity towards it. And I think some people probably just shunned Robbie at this point and just didn't kind of buy the, buy the single. I, actually, I honestly think it's one of his best singles. I agree. And also, remix-wise, Soul Mechanic, who uh, produced on production for a lot of Robbie's songs on this album and and after this, uh, have remixed this track as well. Mm. They did the Soul Mechanic mechanical remix. Track four now, and we're on to uh, my favourite title yeah. of a track on this album. This is uh, Bongo Bong and... Every monkey likes to be in my place instead of me Cause I'm the king of bongo, baby I'm the king of bongo, bongo King of the bongo, king of the bongo, bongo Hear me when I come, baby King of the bongo, king of the bongo, bongo Hear me when I come Bongo Bong and Je ne t'aime plus. Uh, translation, um, I don't love you anymore. And that's a translation to Je ne t'aime plus, not Bongo Bong. <laughs> to be clear. So this is a curious track, isn't it? Mm. So it's actually a combination of two songs uh, written and performed by Manu Chao. And uh, Manu Chao is a French musician of Spanish descent. Uh, 58 years old. An um, old gentleman. Mark Ronson, also responsible here. And I think you can hear it again, can't you? That combination of sort of electronics and the brass there as well. I also heard a lady, a very familiar lady's voice in there. Uh, Cynthia Sounds? Uh, no, Cynthia wishes that she was the lovely Lily Allen on backing vocals. Oh. And I love that that, um, you know, Lily Allen and Mark Ronson worked together as well separately. So it's this nice little, it's part of Mark Ronson's friendship group. I think you'd say. Do you ever use the term friendship group? No, because I've got lots of friends all over the place. But they have different friendship groups. I I hear people say this term of different people from different areas of my life. I've never used the term friendship group. I find it weird. I just like that that lot of friends. You you refer to friends more as the London people and the people from home or the people from Hove or something. I don't know anyone from Hove. Just, no, just for an example. Oh, right. Yeah, no. So this was actually released as a single from the album as well, a digital-only single. Yeah, uh, during the research of this album, I did see a lot of things saying about how the uh, the singles were released digitally and then some of the others released physically later. And I forgot that they used to do it that way around, didn't they? When, mm. when, when digital first started being uh, chartable. So um, some of these tracks like Love Light and Rude Box probably only entered the charts at 20 or 30-something, which back then was... It was kind of like making the charts like it used to be back 10 or 20 years before when songs would enter and then climb up again, wasn't it? But then quite quickly that changed when it all went to purely digital, and now, of course, it's purely, well, mainly streaming. I've lost track, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe one of our friends at the official charts company... Could ignore us when we ask them what the deal is. <laughs> don't really have a great deal to do with us, sadly. In the meantime, uh, it's another American pop music icon, arguably even more so. This song with a few old friends of the podcast, 
It's Robbie Williams and the Pet Shop Boys for track five, She's Madonna. Well, that is another absolute favourite from the album. And that's my favourite song on the album. Mm. It's uh, obviously uh, co-written and produced by the Pet Shop Boys, uh, and it's a real treat. Yeah, it's got that really gorgeous, warm, electronic sound, electronica. Uh, obviously, the iconic vocals of Neil Tennant. And of course, not the first time they've played a part in a Rob Williams song. no. Uh, we talked about No Regrets a few weeks ago, I think, on the Tom Jones episode. We talked about uh, Neil Hannon from Divine Comedy and Neil Tennant on that song. And this, we love this song, not just because the Petra Boys were involved. But we, well, because, because of what they did. Uh, but this was mixed reception, this track. Which really surprises me. And I think... Um, Quite a few people had something to say at the time. The Guardian were very positive about it. Someone also said that uh, Robbie Williams was coasting on the glossy Pet Shop Boys production. Nick Levine from Digital Spy oh. said it was damage control for Williams after recent rehabilitation and problems that he'd had. Yes, he did, didn't he? Um, but this song just really transports me back to... 2006 and we've spoken a lot before about how songs take you back but when I hear this song if I close my eyes I am driving around in my black Peugeot 206 I'm living in the pub that I'm managing I've got this on CD in the car probably X Factors at its peak it just really does take me back there and this is inspired by a Kraftwerk single uh, Tour de France and I, at some point we are going to talk about Kraftwerk we have to they're the pioneers of so much of what we celebrate. Uh, yeah, the influence of so many things that we love. Uh, Dan, I've got a question for you. Oh, God. What's your favourite pop song written uh, in homage, homage to a pop star? I would have to say uh, Do It With Madonna by The Androids. Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember that one. I think it was out around about the same time. Um, so I distinctly remember that song. I think it was a one-hit wonder. I had it on CD single. Let's have a little listen. I'd rather do it with Madonna. Ah, well, consider me enlightened. Uh, a bit, bit of a harder edge, but still a bit playful. Not as good as this, she's Madonna. Uh, well, what is yours? Uh, I'd have to say it's. Uh, Walks Like Rihanna by The Wanted. Oh, I forgot about that one. How does that go? Let's have a little listen. <laughs> she can't sing, she can't dance, but who cares? She walks like Rihanna. She can't sing, she can't dance, but who cares? She walks like Rihanna. Well, oh, I, I'm sorry about that. Do you know, The Wanted, they just disappeared, didn't they? They had some, I mean... Things like Chasing the Sun. And what was that other big summary one? I love that song they... Uh, Light you came. Oh, yeah. That was good as well. And maybe we... No, we won't no, 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 no more. more. We've had enough of that. Uh, let's, let's, 
Let's crack on. Um, so let's move on, shall we, to track number six now, which is Keep On. Hotel, motel, or holiday inn? Very good question. I mean, a hotel covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? It could be uh, from a one-star to a seven-star in Dubai. A motel, I think I've stopped in once before. Quite basic. A holiday inn. Sometimes if you go with a chain, it can be quite... Well, they are what they are. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with a hotel. Yes, yes. yes How about you? I would say, actually, because there's some lovely hotels out there. Although you do prefer a... Caravan holiday. Oh, yes. Or camper van. Mm. Like, sooty in a sweep. I'd love to go uh, to Glastonbury in a camper van one year. Well, do you know what? I would. And let's just celebrate the fact that uh, a few weeks ago, <laughs> we were looking in the draw. So we will be going in 2020. The Glastonbury Diaries 2020 track by track special coming your way in about eight or nine months' time. A few people have been asking uh, if it's going to come back next year, but also... Uh, Will uh, anyone be able to understand what you're saying this year? Well, uh, my drink was spiked again, sadly. That's why I was uh, watching uh, watching Bjorn again, facing the wrong way. <laughs> with my, don't grease over my head. <laughs> Real shame. Uh, back to this song, anyway. Keep on. Uh, Lillian is back on backing vocals. Uh, Mark Ronson is back on production duty. And one of the co-writers here is Stephen Tintin Duffy. We mentioned him earlier because he played a huge hand in Robbie's previous album, Intensive Care. Um, and he's going to be appearing a little bit later as well in some form. But it's a great song. It's a very, um, uh, what a fun song. Lyrically. Lyrically. You've got those um, lines about, got no strings, but I think with my ding a ling a ling can't sing, can't speak, ting-tongs-tong-ting. Which uh, is quite beautiful, actually. Track number seven now. Uh, and this is Good Doctor. I don't feel proper. I went to the doctor to get a prescription. I told him little fact, but lots of fiction about a bad back. I ain't got it. Try to sell me faith healing. I think not. I want Xanax, Vicodin, and Oxycontin. Funky fill the form out so I can drop them. Got all these demons and I can't stop them. To tell you the truth, doc, I might have a problem. Robert Williams, take one Adderall with water in the morning. I love the fact in that song that the last most significant word was boots. Mm. I have to say, I it's not my responsibility to talk about the album artwork. It probably would be in this song if it was. Well, that's thank you for your feedback. Mm. Uh, I'm not trying to take it on board, but for me, that I love. It almost feels like a stream of consciousness, uh, but at the same time, a very personal song. Because mm. you do get the feeling when we're talking about medicine, St. John's Wort, drugs, that this these are conversations that Robbie has had. St. John's Wort? Yeah. What's that? Well, it's like an alternative uh, therapy. Oh, I thought it was... Like a complimentary therapy. I thought I misheard him when he was on about St. John's Wood. So yeah. I would class... I'd be more in the what a fun, interesting song territory. Well, I've got nothing else to say about it, so can we move on, please? Oh, okay, okay. So let's go on now to uh, track eight, which is the actor. Yes. 
Yeah, really, really do love that one. I uh, love the ble- I love the <clears throat> electronic, the beeps and the sound in the background all the way through that. Yeah, and yeah, I think the the synths in this one are particularly strong uh, and quite Pet Shop Boys like, and I'm sure they won't mind me saying that. Uh, and they come from Brandon Christie, who uh, continued to work with Robbie, uh, including his hit Bodies, which came the Lead single from the next album. Oh, great song. Fantastic really song. Really like that song. He always did a great job in uh, lead singles of albums. Yes, really, really did. Um, yeah, Candy, Feel, the list goes on. There's a great middle eight in this song when he's just reciting uh, some some actresses and often just their surname. So I want to play a little game with you, Will. I'm going to say the name that he says, and you've got to complete the, t- the name, okay? Uh, so we've got Monroe. Marilyn. Barrymore. Michael. <coughs> Mansfield. Jane. And then he says, Dame Judy Dench, Madonna Ritchie, 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 Ritchie. Streep. Merrill. Close. Brookside. Oh, <coughs> oh. Hepburn. Oh, Audrey. Yeah, or not, the pop group. Sadly not. I quit. No, continue. Uh, Niven? No. I honestly don't know, actually. I don't either. I've not even got a funny answer for that. Dancing? And it's not Jane from Coronation Street and Dancing on Ice. <laughs> oh, Leanne Battersby. Bundy? Not Ted. Bardo? Oh, Brigitte. And uh, Joaquin? Phoenix. Swank? Hillary? Yes. Well done. Oh. oh, well, we should do more little games, shouldn't we? That's that was great fun. Yeah, wasn't it? Had a great, had a great time. That's enough of the silliness now. No more game shows. So time to move on to track number nine, and this is something you were often told as a child, Will. Never touch that switch. No, you're adopted. And the future's blowing up tight. There's a schism in the time mechanism. There's a schism in the time mechanism. Don't touch that switch. So just to be clear, that was Never Touch That Switch. Yes. That really reminds me of a Darren Hayes song. Really? Yeah. What, the title or the actual sound? The sound of it. Oh, what song is it? What song does it remind you of, sorry? Well, no, just in general, the sound. When you think about um, the tension, the spark. Which we spoke about a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Months ago now. Very similar, and some of the stuff that came after that, very similar sort of sound of production. So this was uh, another Soul Mechanic production, and this was written by the Soul Mechanic boys, Kelvin Andrews and Danny Spencer. Candy Flip. Candy Flip. flip. Uh, And no, uh, Robbie didn't have his hand in this one. But it, I think it's very much in keeping with that theme of Good Doctor, the actor never touched that switch. It's very much electronic, slightly experimental, quite tongue-in-cheek. 
um, quite playful. I think it's 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 all good. This album is you know it's sixteen or seventeen tracks long, depending on if you include the hidden track at the end, which we're not. To be very clear, but I think you know I said I didn't really like Keep On. It wasn't a favorite, but I think it works well as a long album. Some some long albums go on forever, but there's so much experimentalism in this one that it works really well. I just want to take a second to talk about uh, the uh, uh, how this was reviewed. This album when it mm. came out, because it's fair to say it was a mixed bag. So although um, the likes of Mojo at the time gave it four stars. Out of five or ten? Out of five. That's good for Mojo. Uh, NME gave it eight out of ten. Wow. The Observer only gave it two stars. The Guardian only gave it out of two stars. Well, they're same difference. Uh, not the group. Uh, and <laughs> Now Magazine gave it three out of five stars. Digital Spy, uh, although they had a, had a view on the singles, they uh, didn't review this album. What was um, going on in Soapland, I wonder? Well, I, I, I remember this week, and there was a controversial exit on Strictly Come Dancing. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. So, mixed. So, shall we move on to track 10? Yes, yeah, so track number 10 now, and this is Louise. As if we were still sort of imitating Fallokian that song isn't it oh I just <laughs> listeners I just said that while we were listening to the track uh, and classic Dan um, uh, I just had to steal my thunder well, it's normally you stealing my notes from my screen it's like such a shame we've sat opposite each other this week so I can't actually see your notes back to our classic who wants to be a millionaire setup this week <laughs> yes So that was Louise, um, but what I said is true. Yeah, and we should, to make it clear, a cover of a Human League song from 1984. Uh, and this is produced by William Orbit. Amazing. So as if there weren't enough fantastic producers on here, Mark Ronson, Son Mechanic, uh, the Pet Shop Boys, William Orbit, an absolute icon. He's really gotten uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen together to produce this album. Yes. All you need is Stuart Price and Brian Higgins, and then you've... Uh, Really done the track-by-track full house. Well, he did work with Stuart Price later um, on on the most recent album, actually, I think. The Heavy Entertainment Show, that was it. But yeah, I really like this song. I did steal your quote from earlier, but I do really like the... He's kind of staying in a really low range with his voice. The synths sound quite uh, true to the original, very uh, very analogue, very vintage, if you like. Um, I think it's really kind. Of, it's, I think it's really quite beautiful, actually, this song. Yeah, it's lovely, and it's. Um, I forget offhand what the original sounded like, but like you say, I can't imagine it was too far off the beaten track. Mm. This one, and there was actually just a little tidbit of information for you here. There was another cover by another iconic uh, English British artist, Tony Christie. He did a version on his album Made in Sheffield where he covered all songs from uh, Sheffield artists. He did an Arctic Monkey song on there as well. So track number 11 now. Looking forward to this one. Dan, we're the Pet Shop Boys. We're the Pet Shop Boys. 
song. So you've got Robbie Williams and the Pet Shop Boys there singing about being the Pet Shop Boys, referencing Pet Shop Boys songs, uh, which are written um, by a group who love or people who love the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, it's all very interwoven. Pet Shop Boys, you could say actually. Self-referential, self-knowing, and a fantastic sound. It ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Yeah. And the original was written and recorded in 2002, uh, as you said, by My Robot Friend, uh, who's a one-man band, uh, and not the kind with a big drum on his back. (laughs) I imagine the drum Uh, and the uh, cymbals under each arm. How's (laughs) how's it getting that Cynthia sound? Um, I just, yeah, I love the sound of the album. I love the celebration of the Pet Shop Boys. I love the fact that they're working with Robbie again after um, She's Madonna. There's so much I love about this. That's wonderful. So, track 12? Yes, and this is Burslem Normals. Burstham Normals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a fantastic time to talk about the fantastic artwork oh. on this album. Yeah. Um, bits, well, let's let's do your bit first. It's we'll the best opportunity. Lead up to my bit. So it's Robbie on the cover. It's slightly pixelated. He's got a uh, very much of his time a white, uh, black and white Adidas zip up uh, jacket on. He's got closely cropped hair, uh, and he's uh, having a stretch. Hmm. Well, just before a workout, one presumes, or afterwards. Or maybe he's doing some footy training. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, bit of a lad, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Robbie Williams and Rudebox in, uh, I like the font, actually, Font Watch. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, an, yeah, it's quite a nice font, actually, yeah. But I have to say, I do really, really like this song. I find it so atmospheric. I think it's kind of, I feel like it's taking inspiration from the Louise cover. It's that really subdued quite melancholic synth ballad vocally vocally <laughs> um he's not kind of he's not stretching himself he's a fantastic singer but here it's more about the story he's telling the songs he's singing <laughs> sorry i don't know why i thought of that all of a sudden but but lyrically lyrically it's it's kind of it's a bit juxtaposed if you will to the music uh, in your place, there's just chavs. The kids aren't all right. They know they're born today, reaching out to feel the sun. At the time, it seemed like fun. I was there when you got done. Track 13 now, and something that you said to the boy in the chip shop last Friday night. Oh, can I have my sausage battered, please? No. Kiss me. about time that Robbie did a full-on balls-out Euro pop banger. Balls out. And he did it. 
So that, of course, we mentioned earlier that uh, there's going to be a return uh, of Stephen Duffy, or his name at least, or his work at least. That is a cover of a classic Stephen Tintin Duffy track from the 80s. Not to be confused with Tintin Out. No, or Tintin. So this song is written by Stephen Tintin Duffy as well. And this one is produced by Dave Lee. Now, this is Dave Lee's first track on the album. Uh, Yeah, first uh, contribution to the album. Dave Lee also goes by the name of Jakarta. Recognise the name? Yes, American Dream. Yes. Uh, And also, this is a real lovely uh, track-by-track tidbit of information for you that you're going to just absolutely swallow up. So way back in the 90s, early 90s, Dave was approached by Take That's label to work together. And he is the one who suggested that they cover Relight My Fire. Uh, And And of course, with Robbie. And as they say, the rest was history. Yes. Uh, And it certainly kept Lulu in work for many more years than... uh... I have to say, I read the most hilarious thing today, a press release from Lulu. She was going on tour, on some sort of greatest hits tour. And it said about her 60s work, and she did Shout, and she did the Bond theme, uh, The Man with the Golden Gun. And it said, in more recent years... Lulu saw a return to the charts with Take That. <laughs> How long ago was that now? 93 or 4. <laughs> so that's 93, So that's over quarter of a century. And she's still claiming that as her return to form. Track number 14 now. And we're approaching now a duo of tracks. Mm. So track number 14 is called The 80s. Things are Now, sadly, I wasn't around for much of the decade. Will, did that speak of the 80s to you? I think it was brilliant, the kind of story he was telling through that. A kind of personal story, but also popular culture as well. Yeah. And I think that continues into the next song as well. And, you know, this is this album the most autobiographical album he's done? I would probably say yes, and and these two in songs... a very in a very abstract way, maybe. yeah. Uh, but yeah, these these two songs certainly that they, they, they literally are just his life story, aren't they? Or part of his life story. Um, so and and lyrically, I'm not saying it no, again, don't say no. it again. Really, we've done that too much today. But it it does prove that it's live every time. That's not a that's not a sampled. Um... I should record it actually to save time. Yeah. But I do like lyrically how it's very cheeky. It's very what you'd expect of Robbie Williams. Um, things like, and who are you calling Puff? You're like, wham, man, I hate that stuff. And then my granddad died and left a hole in the family and lots of women had to nanny me. School was a laugh. They didn't have ADD. Thick was the term they used for me. And, you know, interesting that he says he hates wham. I don't think he meant that because he obviously began his solo career with a cover of a George Michael song. Although I suppose it's possible to... Hate Wham and like George Michael. Let's go in straight into the 90s because it's almost a continuation. Part two. Part two. Uh, and there's some very interesting talking points in this one as well. I can't be because you're lazy. I hate those that hate me. I can't forgive and it's crazy, baby. Now I'm a video star. 
80s to the 90s. And what I like about these two tracks is they sound of their era as well. Mm. So the 90s has a real... Like, the guitar sound in there is very 90s, almost indie. Yeah. As the 80s was a little bit more traditional to then. Yeah. Uh, and he does very clearly say this is 90s, 90 to 95. So I'm very much looking forward to the 90s part two, followed by the... Uh, the the noughties. The noughties and the teenies. The tweenies. The teenies. Oh. Uh, this is a bit more controversial. I think there was a reference to Gary Barlow in there. Yes. And also there was some controversy because he was slagging off Nigel Martin-Smith. Who was, of course, the Take That manager. Yes, I think the lyrics about Nigel Martin-Smith were removed from later editions. But on the original CD I had, I'm sure they were in there. And it was lyrics about him stealing money from the band and uh, Robbie wanting to gouge his eyes out. From all accounts, um, and not just from Robbie, quite an unpleasant individual. Mm, quite, a, quite a nasty man. Well, we shouldn't actually say anything. He might come after us next. So uh, if you're listening, Nigel. Hello. Hello. I hope everything's okay. <laughs> um, and it's not the first time that Robbie has had a pop at Nigel in one of his songs. There's a song called Karma Killer from his second album, I've Been Expecting You, which actually turns 21 this week, I think. He uh, has a right go at him, actually. So... Listen to that one if you can. I'm not going to put a bit of it in now. Just listen to it. Okay, so we're on to the last track of the album proper. This is Summertime. fingerprints all over that yes some lovely electronic subtle production on that one very beachy but I do have to say I think while we were listening I think Peter might have just crept in and taken a seat on the sofa I think he's just creaked his way in and crept in very quietly Mm. although I did hear the door go just now what we're saying listeners and first time listeners if you want to know the reference to Peter Peter out did this album Peter out not quite, but almost. Almost. Peter's in the hallway. Um, it's, a, it's a William Orbit production. It's co-written by Anthony uh, Gen. Jen. Or Jen. I think Jen. Jen. Uh, who was in Pulp uh, and has worked with Joe Strummer. So it's, it's great that we talked about Pulp before with Tony Christie. It's come back around as it often does. But yeah, I just don't feel like this really sums up or bookends the album well. Or true to true to. It's not a true bookend to what the rest of the album was as a body of work. Yes, exactly. But it's not the end of the Rude Box episode. We've got some further listening. We have. So, Will, your parameters this week are: Rude Box featured a lot of cover versions. Let's think about some other Robbie cover versions. Let's share them with the world. It's very, uh, almost quite scripted what you just said then. Are you reading that off a card? <laughs> Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. So, if we're talking about a cover version for Robbie Williams, um, I can think of nothing better for this podcast than Robbie Williams' cover of I Wouldn't Normally Do This Kind of Thing by The Pet Shop. Why, why today I feel like dancing? 
sing Sing it like lovers sing When I would have normally done this kind of thing Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> that did sound really festive. Fest- indie festive, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, in- indie festive. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting cover, yeah, because of what he's done with it. Yeah. Obviously, the Pet Shop Boys version is far superior. And I'm sure he'd, he'd agree. Uh, absolutely. But I think just in an episode where the album he's done featured the Pet Shop Boys, I thought it was really nice to close the loop and have a further listening featuring him covering a Pet Shop Boys song. Yeah. A beautiful piece of poetry there. Uh, what you said, not what probably covered. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love it. And it, this was the B-side to Let Me Entertain You. So you can tell it's that really early Robbie era with his vocal and just with the kind of really kind of indie pop sound. Uh, what's beautiful about this as well and how this podcast just continues to um, sort of get wound up in its own story, if you like, Another one of the B-sides of that was the Full Monty medley performed by Robbie and Tom Jones, which we referenced a few weeks ago in the Tom Jones Reload episode. So I have gone for We Are The Champions, which is uh, Robbie featuring Queen. So that was We Are The Champions, Robbie and Queen. That was from the soundtrack to A Knight's Tale. And do you know who starred in The Knight's Tale? Uh, the late Heath Ledger. Yes. Have you um, seen the film? I haven't, but the video to the song is one of those videos where somebody records the lead off the soundtrack. So they do the video in the world of the film that's yeah. recorded. So Robbie is in a medieval uh, venue performing it. Uh, and it looks like he's wearing a wig. <laughs> That's his real hair. Is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and that's from way back in 2001, so 18 years ago. I, I think it's a great... Uh, I, I like this kind of this very subtle, quite slight differences to the original. It's quite Cynthia in the beginning. I also think that Robbie and Freddie Mercury, there's a lot of sort of comparisons there as performers. Um, and I think that really came to life. Do you remember Live 8? Yes. When Robbie came out kind of towards the end of the night and things could have been, people have been uh, watching this event unroll all day and could have been getting a bit fatigued. And then Robbie came out and he really, I think that was one of his moments of his whole career. And people related it back to when Queen did it at Live Aid and almost resurrected their career. Um, So yeah, I think uh, amazing. Just imagine if, uh, could Robbie... I've stepped into Adam Lambert's. One, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. Could he have stepped into Freddie Mercury's shoes and do uh, to do what Adam Lambert's doing now? There's there's a thought. Almost too restrictive for him. Yeah, perhaps if his career went a different way, maybe. But mm. he he's very much his own artist. But uh, and he continues. He's still recording. Yeah, he's still out there. Uh, and you know, as we're coming to the end of this episode, ah, uh, oh. as, oh, as you've said. We will come back and talk more about him in the future. 
Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm a huge. I am a huge Robbie Williams fan. And what I actually love, just to kind of put this in quickly before we finish, he played Hyde Park this year as part of British Summertime, and the reviews were rapturous from a lot of publications that you wouldn't necessarily think would class themselves as Robbie Williams fans. And I think it's one of those where people are just coming around to the idea that, you know what, actually we put him down because he was popular or because he was from a boy band or because he was tabloid fodder or whatever. But actually people are realizing this guy is a hell of an entertainer, a hell of a songwriter. Um, So long live Robbie Williams. So that's Robbie for now. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming next? So next week we're sticking with more of, um, dare I say, more of an alternative uh, indie side to the pop world. This one, only from six years ago, and it's a Canadian band who got together with an American producer, songwriter, performer who we featured earlier this year. And that's what I love about our podcast is, you know, we don't, you know, one week we're doing, or a few weeks we might do really poppy, we make some cheesier tunes, and then we might go down a, a pathway that takes us more of a rockier India route. Yeah, it's the, the beauty of track by track. Do tell us what you think about Robbie Williams and his enormous career. Uh... And his massively stuffed rude box as well. At Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. And do take a moment, uh, if you do so wish, to, to give us a rating and a review on there. It really does make uh, us very happy. It makes the world of difference, it really mm. does. So, until next time, I've been Kelvin Andrews. And I've been Danny Spencer. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.